Hey there, this is Laura. I wanted to pop in to give you an update. This episode was recorded prior to our rebranding. What was once the Read It With Whiskey podcast is now work in progress, the Laura J Live podcast. This episode reflects that traditional Read It With Whiskey format and may have information and content that has since expired or changed. Please visit laurajlive.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Are you an author who has always dreamed of turning their book into an audiobook? Quixotic Bell Media is the audiobook podcast production company for you. They specialize in helping authors turn their books into an episodic audiobook podcast, releasing one to three chapters of their book each week. The episodic format will pull in new readers, help you grow your author brand and business, and QBM even offers help with audiobook launch strategies and monetizing your podcast. With Quixotic Bell Media, you record the audio and let them do the rest. You can finally start your podcast and audiobook without raising a finger to the logistics or time-intensive tasks. This means you'll be able to get back to what's important in your author business, your writing. So if you're interested in working with QBM, visit www.quixoticbellmedia.com for more information. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Read It With Whiskey. I am solo today, which is very new for the podcast. So I wanted to pop in here because I have some really exciting news and Originally, I was just going to tell my Patreon members, but I realized I have to tell everybody. (laughs) And so that's why I'm here in a solo episode completely dedicated to the Shockwave series. Welcome to Read It With Whiskey, the interview podcast featuring science fiction and fantasy authors. My name is Laura Gentinen, your host and the author of the Shockwave series. I am also a book club moderator, speaker, and avid reader, truly invested in every author's story. Within this podcast, I bring to you, the reader, all the behind-the-scenes secrets to how these guest indie authors bring their books into the world. If you are a sci-fi fantasy reader, then you need to hear from these authors. Let's learn about the person behind the page. Sit back, sip some whiskey, and lean in to these self-published authors. So the Shockwave series is my science fiction post-apocalyptic series, which debuted in March of 2021. This story was birthed from an irrational fear that I had in the middle of the night from a nightmare, and I'll get into that story a little bit later. But I realized that I really haven't told you guys the whole story from my own perspective, not in an interview. So if you go back to an episode earlier back when we were first putting episodes out, I did have an interview that was recorded for a different podcast streamed on my podcast here in Read It With Whiskey. And that was Ruthina Porterfield. And she has an amazing show and it's very spiritual and faith-based. And she wanted to do cross-reference interviews with other people who were either business owners or book writers. And so she had me on the show. She did such a great job. I said, hey, Ruthina, can I have the recording and put it on my podcast? And she was like, yeah, 100%, sure. Because we were talking about Transient Pulse, the first book in the Shockwave series. So we took that interview and I turned it into a Read It With Whiskey episode. And yes, if you want to go back and listen to that, for sure, go ahead and do that. That episode was so much fun with Ruthina. And 
I'm just so glad that I had the opportunity to talk with her. But I did want to give her that shout out in this episode as well, because she did that original interview that is here on Read It With Whiskey. So if you want to go and listen to that original interview, go ahead and do that. It's early on in the episode lineup and it is labeled with my name. So you can just search my name and it will pop up. But we talked all about Transient Pulse and in the show notes of the episode, you can also find all the links to Ruthina's podcast and all of her episodes for her own podcast as well. So definitely go check her out. So today, Read It With Whiskey was born to talk to self-published authors because I myself am a self-published author and it is not easy. It is a very difficult task to try. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. I had originally started my career as an author through a nonfiction book called Happy List Chokelist. And this book was basically a culmination of all of my nonfiction work. as a life coach. So as a life coach, and this is a nonfiction book, basically focusing around what I talked about in my life coaching sessions with my clients, that marketing was so difficult. It was hard to get my book out there. Then I really started to get into fiction again. I had been in fiction when I was younger, but anyway, after writing my own book and publishing it on Amazon, I realized how difficult marketing was and I wanted to help other authors. And so that's how Read It With Whiskey was born. So this podcast focuses on, as you know, self-published or indie authors. And so I figure, hey, I'm a self-published indie author. I should probably focus on myself a little bit too, (laughs) especially now that I have taken out the behind the scenes content that I used to have here in the podcast. And you've probably noticed over the last couple months, I have had a little like blip, kind of like an update for you guys here in the podcast saying, Hey, all of those behind the scenes author updates are no longer in the podcast. They are now featured in Patreon. And that is because I want the podcast to be solely focused on the author and their book. I don't want to be plugging anything for me personally. And so all of that content is now on Patreon. So if you want to hear about my book writing process and all the behind the scenes content, definitely go to patreon.com slash read it with whiskey. You can get all the content there as well as all the video episodes of these interviews. If you are a viewer, you get everything. If you're a listener plus, you get almost everything. And if you are a listener, it's more like you just want to support the show and you don't really care about getting anything extra, but you just want to help me in a monetary way. Three bucks. It's not that much. It's less than a coffee a month. All of that being said, I now don't do these behind the scenes or personal author updates here on the podcast. And so I figured I might as well have an episode where I talk about the Shockwave series because I have a huge announcement coming up and I wanted to make sure that the general audience was aware of this update rather than only my patrons. So that was just a long way of saying, I'm going to talk about my own books today. If you don't want to hear about my books, then you can leave. But I want to share about my books because I don't talk about them enough. I haven't given them enough love. People know that I've written books, but I haven't really dove into the reason why or the behind the scenes stuff. And so I'm just going to dedicate this entire episode to the Shockwave series. I would love for you guys to follow along. And if you haven't already picked up the book, definitely do so. episode, we would talk about the book series. We're not going to go into too many spoilers because we don't talk about spoilers here and read it with whiskey, but I do want to answer the questions that I ask every single author, every single time I interview someone, because I haven't answered these questions before to you, my audience. So I want to make sure that I am telling you all of the behind the scenes of why I wrote this book and who I am as a person, because you've been learning about all these authors. And I think it's about time you learn a little bit more about me. So to start off, 
why did I decide to start writing and become an author? So you may have heard me talk about this in the past, but I actually had an experience when I was young where I really wanted to be an author. I really wanted to write books and that's all I wanted to do. And I would write in journal. I never really wrote stories per se, but I just loved the idea. I romanticized the idea of becoming an author. And somewhere along the road, somebody told me that I could not make a living as a writer. To this day, I still don't know who said that, but regardless of who it was, I have no idea. Somebody told me that I couldn't make a living as a writer. And so I kind of just never thought about that as a possibility. I just kind of shut the door on that and was like, I'm not going to be a writer for a living. So why should I pursue it? And so I just totally squashed the idea of being a writer, which was ridiculous because when I was in high school, that was my favorite topic. That was my favorite genre to focus on within the school system. My favorite teachers were always the English teachers. I was in the advanced placement English class my senior year. It was a great experience. And then when I went to college, I that's I still had that hesitancy in the back of my mind, like I can't make a living as a writer. So I did the bare bones writing classes that you needed to do for any degree. And I didn't think anything of it. It was, it was shut down before it was even really dreamed about, which is really sad because I just think back to all of the years I could have been writing where I wasn't. And at the same time, I'm kind of glad that I wasn't writing way back then. Cause I think my writing would have been completely different. I was a completely different person when I was in college. I've grown so much throughout the last 10 years. So I'm, I'm kind of fortunate that I didn't write, but at the same time, I'm like, I could have been such a more developed writer in general if I had started writing all that time ago, regardless, I didn't start writing like actually writing until 2019. And that was because at that point I had just left a fitness position I had been in for a few years and I was branching into life coaching and health coaching specifically. And I had a business in Florida and I had this process that I would put my clients through five steps, easy to maneuver. And I thought I want to reach more people with this. So I wrote a book about it. I wrote a nonfiction book, happy list, choke list. It's all about breaking through barriers, gaining clarity, moving forward and finding true happiness because my motto is happiness is a choice. I believe that no matter where you are in your life, you can look towards the light. And so I wrote this nonfiction book. And like I said earlier in this episode, I realized how difficult it was to actually sell a book once it's written. Like who cares if you can write a book or not? The marketing's the hard part. (laughs) And so that kind of was a really big eye opener for me. So that was late 2019. And then 2020 rolled around. We all know what happened. And I had a dream. I was dreaming, nightmaring away in the middle of the night, me and my boyfriend at the time, who is now my fiance as I'm recording this, we were planning on moving from Florida to Indiana because it was the beginning of shutdown, of lockdown, quarantine, of COVID. And (laughs) we did not want to stay in Florida. We didn't have any immediate family near us. And so we said, let's move to Indiana. And so the night before we were leaving, I had a nightmare that he left without me. And it was such a completely irrational nightmare because he would never leave without me. (laughs) We've been together for years. Definitely a a spoiler. We are still together and we are in Indiana. So I did make it to Indiana, but I had a fear. I had a nightmare that he was going to leave me behind in Florida and I wouldn't be able to take care of myself. And It was definitely a subconscious thought I never knew I had. I didn't know that I had abandonment issues or any kind of fears that way because I had never, I never had the opportunity to have that type of fear. So I didn't know it was lingering in my brain somewhere. So anyway, I had to drive to Indiana following behind Brian this whole way, having 
just had this nightmare and I'm like, okay, he's not leaving me behind. Like we're in a very committed relationship. Nothing bad is happening, Laura, calm down. So as I'm driving up, listening to an audiobook, and I had to just shut it off. And I was like, I just, something is bugging me. Something's in my brain. Like what is happening right now? Obviously a bunch of things are changing in the world. I'm just freaking out in general. I'm a total mess. And from that fear, from that nightmare, a character was born. And this character was a woman who was forced to leave her husband behind in very interesting situations. So that is how Transient Pulse was born. It was born from a nightmare. It was born from an unknown, irrational fear. And it grew into something way bigger than I ever thought it would be. And that is the Shockwave series. So originally, this book was going to take place after the initial Shockwave had been happening like months down the road. And then it pivoted a little bit. So Transient Pulse is about a woman named Dixie and there is an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse hits the country. She's over in California and this electromagnetic pulse hits everything. All the electronics that are currently powered on are shut off. They're shut down. They're fried. They're no longer useful. If you were in a car and a car was moving, that car is now dead. The battery is dead. Electronics are in it are completely gone. This does take place in the near future, right around the 2040s, though I never actually specify what time frame the book takes place in because I want it to have kind of like an evergreen kind of atmosphere within it. Um, so it doesn't have specific time frames per se. But when I was writing, it was right around like the 2040s, I was thinking. And so the world has gone crazy. Everything is destroying itself. People are destroying themselves and other people. There are explosions, buildings are collapsing, fires are everywhere, people are freaking out and killing each other. And when we pick up the story, it's about four weeks since the pulse hit and her, Dixie and her husband, Paul, are planning on going to Canada because that's where his family is from and they are survivalists. They are the people who have planned for any type of world disaster. So it's like, let's get to them because they will be able to protect us. He goes out to get some more supplies because they are going to be traveling for quite some time and they have to make sure that they are prepared so then they're not robbed so they can protect themselves so then they can make it all the way up to Canada because they're in California. It's going to take about a day or two to get up there. And he doesn't come back going to get his supplies and she starts freaking out. So she's waiting for him for a day or so. And she has to make this decision in the first chapter. You never even meet Paul in that first chapter. In the first chapter, you have you find out that he's missing and she has to decide, am I going to wait here and use up our limited supplies waiting for him to return? Or should I assume he's dead and go on my own? That's probably one of the scariest situations I could ever put myself in. I had a nightmare that he left me. Could I ever choose to leave him? That's kind of the mindset that I had had when I originally wrote the book. Would I be able to leave someone behind? In reality, no, <laughs> I could not do that. But Dixie is a stronger version of me. And she said survival is the most important. Obviously, her life situation is a lot more detrimental and terrifying than mine is. So she was able to make that decision. Okay, I'm going to go on my own. We had a plan. I'm going to stick to the plan. If he sticks to the plan, he will be following me on the same route. And we should meet up together at some point as we're going up to his family's house. If I don't find him on the way up, he will get there eventually if he's still alive. So she is traveling along this road and she needs to get gas because obviously you can't travel forever without gas, right? She has an older car from our current time, which needs gasoline. It's not an electric car. And fortunately, because her car is very, very old, when the pulse hit, her car had been turned off 
And uh, so her car wasn't affected in the pulse. It actually worked. The battery was working because it wasn't turned on when the pulse hit. So that's why she has her vehicle and she's able to travel in her car. So she starts traveling. She needs gas. So she stops at this gas station and she's confronted with a woman and a pit bull. And it's a pit bull because I love pit bulls and I want one. So that's why that's that kind of dog. There's no other reason. It's just a cute little puppy. Okay. His name is Crater. And the woman's name is Bryn. And they meet each other. And then they find out that they're, well, Dixie finds out that Bryn is hiding from chasers. So the chasers are the people who are basically, they're trying to take over the world. They're trying to hoard all of the different supplies to survive. They're killing people if they need to, in order to get these supplies. They're just like those ravages people that you see on any type of post-apocalyptic story. They're the ones that you want to run away from because they're going to kill you. Okay. So these people had been sitting out at the gas station and Bryn had gotten stuck with her car, had a flat tire. So she's been hiding out from them for a few days. And then Dixie comes along and Bryn's like, you got to help me. You got to save me. The bad guys come running around the corner and Dixie, because she's a good person and she wants to help people, she is, is working towards the betterment of humanity in general. She's a foster care worker in her old life before the pulse hit. So she's a very good person. She's like, okay, hop in my car. So she hops into her car and away they go. And that is how the book starts. That's the first couple of chapters. And there's so much more that happens that I would love to tell you guys. But basically in this book, Dixie is trying to figure out if Paul's alive, if he's going to make it up to his family's house, house in Canada. And that is where she is heading with Bryn and Crater the dog at that point in the story. So I'm not going to tell you much more, but she is on her trajectory up and there's a lot more that happens, which, like I said, I'm not going to tell you the entire story, but that's essentially transient pulse in a nutshell. So to sum it up, I am going to read the back of the book just so then you can have a more concise introduction to the story. So transient pulse book, one of the shockwave series. When the nation is hit by a mysterious shockwave, the resulting power outage interrupts the world as we know it. Everything that was powered on at the time of the transient pulse is destroyed, seizing cities and populations in mass explosions caused by the rippling aftershocks. The lingering darkness severs society in two, those who choose ruinous control, stealing and murdering for provisions, and those who begin to create plans for long-term survival. The latter includes Dixie, a strong yet hesitant young woman living in the heart of Southern California. Dixie is forced to build plans to navigate the country in hopes to find a northern safe zone with Paul, a level-headed survivalist. When Paul goes missing, Dixie must overcome her chronic uncertainty and make the first of many life-or-death decisions. Will Dixie choose to wait for Paul, using up their limited supplies in the delay, or will Dixie begin the journey on her own, possibly having to turn to the dark side of society to survive? Isn't it great? Oh my gosh, I love this story. But it's not done there. It moves forward. But before we get into book two, I'm going to answer a few of the other little questions that I ask all of my authors. So I talked about where I started and decided that I wanted to be a writer. And a lot of people actually ask me on social media, is this your full-time job? What do you do for work? And no, this is not my full-time job. This is a complete hobby and side hustle, side gig that I have going on. And honestly, I really prefer it to be a side hustle right now because if it were my full source of income, I would be homeless because writing books as an income is not something that you can live off of unless you really know what you're doing when it comes to marketing and 
you can have a lot of money towards that marketing. And at this point, I don't have the finances to fully support the career full-time. So I do have a full-time job. I am an online event coordinator for a company. It is in the beer industry. And I do that full-time nine to five at home. I work from home right here in my office, if you're watching this. And I absolutely love it. It's amazing. And it gives me the freedom to write and podcast in the mornings and evenings because I and working from home. So it's very easy to transition into my hobbies before and after work. So that's what I do for a living full-time. I would love for my author career to be a full-time gig eventually, but as of right now, it's not going to be that. Um, hopefully sooner than later, but we shall see. I'm really happy with my full-time job, so I'm not in any hurry, but yeah, I would never pass down the opportunity to write full-time. So how many books and works do I have published? I love asking authors this because it really can open up people's perspectives of what people write, because a lot of people who write in fantasy or sci-fi, they write in other genres as well. And that is definitely the case for me. I have Happyless Chokelist along with a journal that accompanies that. That is the Breaking Through Barriers book. And I also have the hashtag series for creative entrepreneurs. So this is a three-part mini novelette series. It's nonfiction. It's for creative entrepreneurs. There is hashtag me time, and that is all about avoiding burnout as a creative entrepreneur. Hashtag we time is about gaining freedom as a creative entrepreneur. And then hashtag work time is about networking growth as a creative entrepreneur. So this three-part series, along with a workbook that I created, all of these go together to help creative entrepreneurs who are podcasters, writers, um, Etsy store owners, YouTubers, if you have a sticker store or jewelry store, anything like that, if you make blankets, any kind of creative endeavor, these books are going to help you to make sure that you are balanced in your everyday life. Your work-life balance is, is balanced and to make sure that you have enough time for yourself so you're not burning yourself out as well as you know how to grow and network as a creative entrepreneur. So that series was actually built from October through December, 2021. It was very quick. It's only about 10 or 12,000 words per novelette. It is very, very short. Eventually, that series will become audiobooks and e-courses. However, I'm focusing on finishing the Shockwave series first. So those are the nonfiction, Happyless Chokelist, and then the hashtag series. And then my fiction. So far, it's just the Shockwave series as I record this. Uh, but eventually it will be more. I have other works in the plans, which I'll get to in a second. Okay, so why did you choose self-publishing over the traditional route? Really, I'm a control freak. And I've talked about this on a lot of different episodes within the podcast. I want to be able to control my work and I want to be able to control what is inside my books. And I also want to control the timeline because if I if I really stuck to my original timeline, I would not have produced as accurate or good content as I have. I think I would have stressed myself out if I were under the constraints of somebody else. And that's just a personal thing. I don't like the control. I don't like other people having control. I prefer to have the control. That was the main reason. But would I ever go traditional in the future? I would be open to the idea. I would be open to the idea if it were a standalone book where I didn't have any other ties to it. For any type of series, I would want to have Full control because I would want to be able to have control of any kind of spin-offs, novelettes, prequels, sequels, prologues, epilogues, 
all of the words. <laughs> and so if it were a standalone where I knew I wasn't going to work anymore within any certain book, I probably would bring that to a traditional publisher. But I think I would keep all my series to myself because that's where you can actually make money as a self-published author. But yeah, we'll see what the future brings. I'm definitely open to conversations. I would never pass the opportunity to speak to a traditional publisher. All right. So next up, what is my writing process? Right now, it doesn't exist. And that is why I am here making this episode specifically about my series. I am using this episode as motivation for myself to actually get this book written. Transient Pulse and Oscillation Rising were both originally developed through the NaNoWriMo challenges online. Transient Pulse through NaNoWriMo 2020 and Camp Nano in or no, it was just NaNoWriMo 2020. Yeah. And then I finished it up in the first few months of the year. And then April, 2021 camp NaNoWriMo was on a, was when I originally worked on Oscillation Rising camp NaNo in July, 2021 was when I finished Oscillation Rising. And then in November, 2021, I started static equilibrium. I did not hit my goal for NaNoWriMo. And at this point, as I'm recording this, I am about 32,000 words in for static equilibrium. So why do I tell you this? I tell you this because I have no rhyme or reason about how I write my books right now. It is all pantsing. I fly by the seat of my pants and I write whatever my characters want me to write. And I think the reason why the third book is giving me so much trouble is because it has to be plotted because to tie in everything from book one and book two I have to know what's going to happen at the end of book three. And I'm a pantser, so plotting is really difficult for me. So I know in the future, I'll probably write more so standalone books because plotting is not for me. It gives me way too much stress and anxiety. So right now, my writing process is kind of all over the place. I definitely work better on a deadline when I have to write a certain amount of words every day. And I'm not afraid to write 500, 2,000 words a day straight through and then go back at the end and actually edit at that point. I don't like editing as I go. If I open up my manuscript and start editing what I worked on the day before, I'll never actually get more words down because I'll be so critical of what I worked on yesterday and so meticulous about how I'm editing it that I won't actually add words. So I have to basically binge write so then I can binge edit afterwards. That's my writing process as of right now. I would like to learn how to plot and be more methodical about my books. But I think if I pursue standalones in the future, it won't really matter anyway. I'm basically going to let myself do what I want to do when it comes to writing my books. And I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself because that's when I stopped writing. <laughs> so that's my process right now. It will definitely evolve as I grow as a writer. And I'm not afraid to change my mind later on and, and say, yeah, I was an idiot back then. That's normal. That's life. So I'm, I'm definitely willing to grow and learn as we go. All right. Um, I already talked about the inspiration for Transient Pulse, so I'm not going to talk about the inspiration story there anymore. However, I do want to talk about the inspiration story for how Oscillation Rising book two evolved. So Oscillation Rising book two, I'm going to read the blurb just like I read for the first book because you'll see it is very different from the first book. Oscillation Rising. Forced to flee the one place Dixie thought was going to be her refuge, she sets out to reunite with her lost allies. 
An ongoing rain of shockwaves continues to devastate the nation, causing an electrically enclosed community, Oscillation, to rise as a haven of hope to remaining survivors. Determined to uncover the secrets of her past, Dixie now pursues Oscillation with her small group of companions, discovering more secrets to add to her ongoing hunt for the truth. Will Dixie find the answers she seeks? Or will more mysteries be unleashed surrounding her family and the future of the nation's existence? So Oscillation Rising is a very different perspective. You can see that she thought that she was going to be safe somewhere and she realizes she has to leave and find allies. So I'm not going to give you the spoilers of what happens at the end of Transient Pulse, but that will tell you a little bit of what's going on. There's also a community called Oscillation that has been created. So in the original idea of having an EMP for the destructive catalyst that really erupted the whole beginning of the book, the EMP was a topic of discussion within my family. I don't even remember when this was, but we had been talking about how would we defeat America (laughs) if we were given the chance? How would we overthrow America? And I'm pretty sure we were just talking about war and kind of doing the whole conspiracy theory, how is America going to be attacked? You know, this was years ago, years and years ago. And one of my relatives said an electromagnetic pulse. That is what we would do. We would shut out all electronics. Nobody can survive without electronics in the States. It just makes sense. And that idea stuck with me for so long and I, it couldn't leave my head. It was through throughout college after college living in Florida. And then when I had the dream, the nightmare of being left behind, the electric pulse wasn't even a factor. Originally in the first book, it was going to be an outbreak of some type of disease because it was the beginning of COVID. And I didn't want it to be a disease because I was like, I don't want it I want people to escape within my book. I don't want them to read it and say, wow, this is what's happening in the world right now. I wanted it to be an escape. And so I switched it because I had had this lingering idea of an EMP hitting the nation and completely destroying us for so long. And so that's where that idea stemmed from. It was a conversation I had (laughs) with random family members years and years ago when I probably didn't even understand what that meant. I was very young. I was probably like 13 or 14. After book one was complete, I knew book two had to be pivoted. I knew something big was going to have to happen. And I had always imagined, okay, if there's an electric magnetic pulse, how am I going to protect myself? I want to be enclosed where I can have electricity. I want to be in a safe place where people can't attack me. I don't really want an underground bunker because I want to see trees and animals and aliveness, just the world. (laughs) And so the idea of an electrically enclosed community came into my mind. And this was something that I had daydreamed about as a kid. I was like, wouldn't that be cool if we lived in a little dome and no one could get inside? It would be like an igloo. And I remember playing as a kid in the snow and we would build these forts where we would have tunnels through the snow. And I was like, this is so cool because people can't reach me. I'm safe. I feel safe and secluded and I, I don't have any threat from the outside world. And that evolved big time into Oscillation, which if you open up the book cover, the actual dome goes throughout the both of the sides of the cover. And we can see our main character, Dixie, looking down into Oscillation, which is this community within the electric dome. So that was the inspiration for the second book, 
within the series. So that's just a little bit of insight into how it continues on from Transient Pulse into Oscillation Rising. And Oscillation is actually the name of the community. The little dome is called Oscillation, hence Oscillation is rising. The city is rising. It's becoming a place of refuge, of protection. And then we're going to move on to book three and everything is just going to get more exciting. Okay, but we're going to move on with these questions for right now. What are the most common questions that reader ask you after they read the book? The most common questions I get is, <laughs> it's a spoiler. <laughs> they ask me what happens at the end because at the end, it is a big cliffhanger. It doesn't tell you, it's not a resolution to the story at all because I knew it wasn't gonna be a standalone book. I knew there would be at least three, possibly six books in the series. I have since decided that it's only gonna be three not giving you, yeah, it's it's only going to be three. Don't think that there's going to be six. But originally I knew there was going to be at least three, possibly more. And I knew the end of book one, I wanted it to tie into book two at the beginning of book two. And I wanted this not only to tie in all of you listeners to continue reading the series, but I also, I really enjoy when a book ends on a cliffhanger. That's just how I really like stories to end. I also am a really big advocate for the bad guy winning at the end of a story. I'm not going to say if that relates to or against this series, but I I definitely have like a maniacal brain where I'm rooting for the evil guy. The majority of the time I'm reading any book, even if it's a romance. So that's just a little hint about me. And uh, yeah, most common question readers ask me what happened at the end of the book. And I say, go read book two. And then at the end of book two, I'm going to say, go read book three, because it has a very similar standing where you have to move on to book three, because you will not understand what's going to happen in the future until you read book three. And that's another reason why it's really hard for me to finish book three, because I've never finished a fiction book with everything tying up. I've always left loose ends on purpose. And that's one of the reasons why it's really hard to wrap everything up. So another question I ask all of my authors on the show is what's something that readers don't know about you? And I think I just told you guys a bunch of stuff that you don't know about me, but I would also like to let you know, if you don't follow me on social media, you should be because I have the two most amazing, adorable bunnies ever. Their names are Flop and Buck. Usually they're in my office with me, but I had to kick them out because they were being too loud and I couldn't record this audio and video with them running around in the background. But I have two bunnies that I absolutely love. They bring light to my life. And without them, I'm pretty sure I would have been depressed a couple of years ago. They came in right when we needed them and they're just incredible. They're my kids. Um, another thing you might not know about me is I got engaged August, 2021. We are not married yet. And I don't know when we're going to get married. It was eight and a half years since we started dating when we got engaged. So the running joke is that on our 16th anniversary, that's when we'll get married. So we'll see, we shall see what happens. <laughs> Who knows? I don't even know. And I'm not worried about it. We've lived together forever. We're in a committed relationship. Neither of us are going anywhere. So he's stuck with me no matter what he says. And we really like it that way. So we don't need a paper to tell us that we're married. We are already married in spirit. So and of course, I always ask everybody, what is your favorite whiskey to drink? Because this is Read It With Whiskey, and it wouldn't be Read It With Whiskey without talking a little bit about whiskey. So what is my favorite whiskey to drink? I cannot answer that because I have too many favorite whiskeys, 
But I would say Four Roses is one that I was introduced to by a training client back in Florida. And I absolutely love it. It is a really good one. If I'm going to go really, really cheap, I'll just get a Revel Stoke or um, Old Smoky from Tennessee is something that I've been getting recently. Anything, anything. I, I really will drink anything. But usually when I'm drinking, it's either going to be neat or on ice. Um, I actually have a glass that says on the rocks. And so that's usually my go-to glass <laughs> because I want some little ice in there. Um, but yeah, I will drink any whiskey. I will try any whiskey. And um, usually I will just drink it neat. That's the easiest way. I like it to be a little bit warm, not necessarily chilled or on the rocks. It depends on my mood. In the summers, I'll definitely have it on the rocks more often. Finally, any projects that I'm working on currently, and that is where the meat and potatoes of this episode comes from. So I have transient pulse and oscillation rising out published ready for you to read and love and i'm still working on static equilibrium but i am announcing today that i have a release date and i'm terrified because i'm really only halfway through writing my book right now so the fact that i am announcing a release date is so much pressure but i need that pressure in order to get the book out so i don't have the blurb written yet i don't have the ending of the story yet but I will tell you that Static Equilibrium will be published on August 28th, 2022. And I'm so scared of saying those words because if it isn't, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to be banned from Amazon because if you cancel a pre-order, then they will not let you do a pre-order for a year. So regardless, I'm going to have that pre-order set up. It is set up right now as you're listening to this. Go ahead to Amazon and pre-order Static Equilibrium so you can follow along the story. In book one, Dixie really is in a pickle. She's got to figure out where she's going in the world, and she has to make her way across the country with herself and a random stranger. Like, nobody wants to do that. Okay. Well, then in book two, she finds a community of refuge. Okay. Is that community going to be a community of refuge? We'll find out. And in book three, who the hell set off the EMP? And can we kill them already? Because I don't want to have electric pulses confronting my life for the rest of my life. That is the motto and theme from book three, Static Equilibrium. Who's the evil guy? Why haven't we killed him yet? So that is your Read It With Whiskey episode for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And this was definitely formatted and recorded in a completely different format than usual. But we will be back with our regularly scheduled episodes next week. And next week, we will be talking with R.S. Williams. She is the author of Kingdom of Lies. And this was such a fun fantasy story. If you're not following R.S. Williams or the Author Accountability Podcast, which she co-hosts, definitely go ahead and do that. But thank you guys so much for watching, listening to this episode. I'm so excited for Static Equilibrium to be out go and put in that pre-order. I would really appreciate it if you did. So the pre-order is up for ebook, but the paperback will be available also. Oh my gosh. I'm so terrified, but so excited at the same time. All right, everybody until next time. You've been listening to an episode of Read It With Whiskey. I am your host, Laura Gentinen, and I just wanted to personally hop in and say thank you so much for listening. Your support of the podcast means so much to me, and I would really appreciate it if you could go onto your favorite podcast platform and rate and review the show. By rating the show, you're going to help more people find the podcast so then we can grow. 
Once you review the show, share it on your social media, share your favorite episode with your friends, and come back next time to hear more from self-published authors. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.